Welcome to On The Mic With Mike. We don't always have these conversations with our loved ones, but we need to. The podcast that addresses controversial issues that affect us in the criminal justice system. Do you understand what we had to get to to carry a gun and defend ourselves? And even cultural challenges we face every day. People just love to make it about race. That's not the case. What causes you to be in a relationship that may lead to a potential domestic issue down the line? Resolve your unconscious bias and grow from an independent perspective based on facts and data. Why not use statistics in your analysis? And now your host. Do I seem like I'm on something or am I just losing it? Instructor Mike. situation with uh michigan versus christopher uh schnoor i could be saying it wrong uh sure grand rapids police officer and by the way this preliminary hearing we are 11 days late because i didn't even know they were televising it i had to find out from potentially criminal after watching history shouts out to potentially criminal uh what's going on you all if you all can smash that like button that'll be awesome 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 Thank you. Yes, I decided to angle the camera so that you can see more of the artwork. More of the artwork because people like the artwork, okay? We're going to struggle streaming again. Look, I don't know why we're struggle streaming again. We shouldn't be. 
Everything should be fine, but you can't control everything. So let's go on ahead and dive right into it. <sighs> Sorry. Love the pictures. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And the couches with the little... Don't talk about my monkey. No, that's, that's Curious George. All right, here we go. Let's go on ahead and dive into it without delay. I hope you all are doing great, 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 great. Let me get the stream going. If you do want to support the channel, always appreciate that. Always appreciate that. $5 gets a book for a kid. I do have a cash app, PayPal, Zelle stuff. Streaming it across the bottom. This stream is sponsored by, that's right. We have a sponsor. Yeah, we have a sponsor. And it is called Wax That Ash. <laughs> Wax That Ash. So I'm going to go ahead and remove this out for a little bit so you can see. Yes, I'm in a rage. Pineapple sage. This candle smells good, right? This candle smells good. Yeah, I know. We're such such a hardcore freaking channel that we get a candle sponsor, right? Yes, I'm in a rage. Peppermint sage, right? You can go to wax that ash, wax that ash dot co. We put the banner up here so you all can go. And I'll go on ahead and provide the link just a little bit later. You do see they do have some uh, other candles on here. Back to blue. I may be ugly, but I still smell good. You can get your own uh, candle and your favorite fragrance, you know, and combine the two. They make the perfect gifts. Yes, Christmas is coming up. And why not promote uh, the products of people who, you know, back you, support your stuff like that. Back the blue banana nut bread, Christmas tree, caramel apple, blue sugar, black raspberry, vanilla, you can go on ahead and check it out at waxthatash.co. Waxthatash.co. Um, hope you all are doing good today. You said, can I respond by email? I have a question about being a police officer at your age. You said, drop the link. I will drop the link. Waxthatash.co. Okay. She's an amazing person out of the great state of Texas. The great state of Texas. I like this. Yes, I'm in a rage. Pineapple sage. This stuff smells good. It really does. Okay, stuff smells good. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go on ahead and dive into that. Uh, thank you very much. Wax That Ash Candle Company, right? And I'm pretty sure if you call her, you will be able, or even email, contact, whatever the case may be, You'll be able to get a candle. It just came. Like, it just came, and the candle smells so great. I love candles. Sorry. Uh, not going to apologize. That stuff is great. All right. We're going to go on ahead and dive right into it. Again, waxthatash.co. Waxthatash.co. Thank you very much for the support. Uh, she's always been amazing, always been a, uh, a great sponsor, great friend, all that great stuff. So let's go on ahead and dive right into it. Let me get this other screen up there. Uh, if you could smash that like button, smash that like button. It does help the algorithm. And I wonder where did that go? Keep the banner going. All right. Uh, go on ahead and whack. I want to say go on ahead and wax that ash. Let me go on ahead and get this up. Sorry about that. For those of you all who remember the situation in Grand Rapids, okay, we are going to watch. Uh, the body camera video, and then after watching the body camera video, then we are going to watch uh, the preliminary hearing, okay? Um, 
just as a fast forward. He was bound over for trial, and by he, I mean Christopher Schur, who's a former Grand Rapids, Michigan police officer who was uh, uh, charged with second-degree murder, and it comes with it a life in prison penalty if convicted. Different people have different opinions about it, uh, and I figured I'd just go ahead and share mine as a former police trainer. Now, what have I trained police officers in? I've trained police officers in the taser. I've trained police officers in firearms and defensive, defensive tactics, use of force, uh, things of that nature, uh, field uh, officer training, uh, beginning officer training. So there's been a lot of things that I've trained people in, but especially regarding the taser, I've, I've trained people in that. And I tend to have a, a different perspective as to what this, uh, what other people are feeling about this case. Uh, you said, I live in Grand Rapids. I'm interested in what you think. Thank you very much. And if you guys would be so kind as to hit the like button, if you hit the like button, it does let YouTube know that you value uh, this conversation. I see 40 people are watching, 23 likes, if you would be so kind. Only if you would be so kind. I'm not going to force you. Please, I don't want to force you to do it. But if you value this content, let's go ahead and dive right into it. We're going to watch this and then we're going to watch the uh, the trial. Here we go. Well, not the trial, but the... the uh, oh, sorry. Hey, stay in the car. Stay in the car. Nelson and Greg. Dude, I'm stopping you. You have a license? You have a license. What? I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? What done? You have a driver's license. Do you speak English? Yes. Can I see your license? What are you? The plate doesn't belong in this car. Do you have a license or no? Now, for the record, that is a bona fide reason to stop someone for not having a license plate on the vehicle, or if the vehicle's registration does not match with the car that you see that's in front of you. That is a bona fide reason in every state, unless it's not, correct me. The last I checked in every state, that is a bona fide reason. And the man that you do see here is uh, Patrick Loyola, okay, out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Let's go on ahead and continue. Do you have a driver's license? Where is that? Isn't it Get it for me. Now, there is another person in the vehicle. The plate does not belong in this car. No. Get your hands behind your back. 
Now, what you're seeing is, I'm going to stop it here. What you're seeing is a combination of the uh, body cam from the officer and the, uh, I told you there was a passenger in the car. So the passenger took out his cell phone and started to record. And you're seeing an edited version of the combination of both of those videos. That's why you've got some grainy, you've got some clear. So I just didn't want to provide uh, that. Let's continue. Stop. Okay. Stop resisting. Now you're good. You're not resisting nothing, bro. Now, what he has grabbed, I know some of you all are going to be probably upset because I'm stopping it at certain points. What this officer just grabbed was the Taser X7. Taser X7 is one of the fairly newest products that Axon International, formerly Taser International, has. Okay. And I'm a former Taser trainer. Okay. The, the product is still, it has certain differences, but the theories are still the same. So what happened is the officer tried to discharge the taser. There is a saying in taser trainer, I don't want to say taser trainer circles, but a part of the taser training that silence is golden. Okay. And what silence is golden simply means is if the probes have impacted the person right? One probe in one area, another probe in another area. If the connectivity has been met, you will not hear that sparking sound. I'm going to show you a taser training video in a minute. You will not hear that sparking sound. Because you hear that sound on the video, that lets me know as a trainer and user that the connection has not been met. Now, in training, the trainers, depending upon where you go and who's training you, they try as much as they can to produce a level of stress within you where you can still operate that taser. But it may become different when you're in an actual circumstance of real stress, right? That's why I suggested the training should be real. But I don't know how this department trained this officer. And you're going to see a video of a department training officers, and you be the judge, okay? Let's continue. So right now, we know that the taser has not connected. Here we go. Let go of the taser. Another point I do need to mention, yes, you heard him say let go of the taser. Unlike what the tasers were back then, which is the X-26, right? It was one use, one cartridge. You had to break contact Take out the old taser cartridge, put in a new taser cartridge, okay? With the X2, the X3, the uh, the uh, <clears throat> X7 that they have, you actually now have two probes in one cartridge. So you get two discharges in one cartridge. So far, we've only heard one. Here we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Where's the problem? Let's go on the No, like, like he good. Like you can talk to him, bro. You see, both hands are on the taser. Both hands are on the taser. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he good, bro. Like, can you talk to him? Like, good, like, can you? Yeah, stop grabbing him like that. No, nah, he good, like, for yo, you hear him too. He said, shit. Now he ain't got no taser. I see that. Okay, um, I kind of wish I would have stopped at YouTube. I hope YouTube doesn't flag me, but it happened. If you guys got triggered. Get back. I hope YouTube doesn't get me. It happened, so. And I'm glad the warning flashed across the screen so that YouTube doesn't flag me. Nelson. Does he seem like he has his faculties? Now, let me ask you this. Does it seem like he have his faculties about himself? Does he seem like he's pretty winded? And the question that I have, we're going to watch the preliminary hearing. It's going to be a little bit long, so brace yourself. All right, I'm going to try to, I'm going to keep it on here so I can stop it at that moment. I don't want you all to watch that part again, okay? Oh, shit. Sorry. I didn't. All right, that's okay. That was not purposefully done, I promise. What's the problem? Let's go on the no, like, like he good, like you can talk to him, bro. Police department said the body cam was deactivated around that time during the struggle. Now, how would they know that? They wouldn't know that on scene, but they are able to tell because you could download data straight from the taser. Okay, here we go. This is, of course, after the incident. The officer doesn't know if it's deactivated or not. That's the key. The officer doesn't know if it's deactivated or not. Yeah, yeah. Like he good, bro. Like, can you talk to him? Like, good, like, can you? Yeah. Stop grabbing him like that. No. Now he good, like, for yo. You hit him too. He said, "Shit." Now he ain't grabbing no taser. He is. He is grabbing a taser. All right, so I'm not gonna show that. I'm just gonna. Now, 
at this point, before he starts to grab the gun, before he starts to grab the gun, tell me some options that you think could have happened at this time. Now, let me give you some context. There is a case, two cases in fact, that pretty much govern police officer use of force. One of those cases, Graham versus Connor, right? And then Tennessee versus Gardner. Tennessee versus Gardner, the main case behind that or the main holding behind that is, and let me grab it so that I can have it on the screen for you all. And it's something that, here we go. I want you all to be able to see it as I'm talking it. Please sound off in the comments and take a take a chance if you if you uh if you will to actually like, comment, and subscribe. Here is the primary holding for Tennessee versus Gardner. Okay. Whenever we are taught the use of force in well, that's way too much. That's it. Okay. Whenever we are taught police officer use of force, right? We are taught under Graham versus Connor and Tennessee versus Gardner, 471 US 1, 1985. It's a 1985 case. Okay. This is Tennessee versus Gardner. I'm going to put the holding up so that you all can see it. This is what established what's called the fleeing felon rule. <clears throat> the fleeing felon rule. Tennessee versus Gardner, 471 U.S. 1, 1985. Under the Fourth Amendment of the United States Constitution, a police officer may use deadly force to prevent the escape <clears throat> of a fleeing suspect only if the officer has good faith belief that the suspect poses a significant threat of death or serious physical injury to the officer or others. Now, hold on, let me get to, no, I'm not going to even, I'm going to keep on going. Now, insofar as we see it, we see a man who was pulled over for a license plate violation. Sound off in the comments if a license plate violation is a felony or a misdemeanor. Just, I wanna see in the comments. I'm watching the comments here. Sound off in the comments if it is a felony or a misdemeanor, insofar that you know it. I will tell you, it is a misdemeanor. It's a traffic violation, okay? Let's continue with what we saw. <clears throat> the man begins to take off and run from the officer. Is that a felony or a misdemeanor? That's a misdemeanor. Drew Lauren says it's a misdemeanor in Michigan, and Drew Lauren is a Michigan police officer. The man then hits, strikes the officer, right? 
we don't see it as a uh, what do they call it? A active assault where you're trying to actually punch the officer to do harm. This would be more so along the lines of active resistance, actions that are trying to defeat the arrest, not actions that are trying to attack the officer. If we look at things relative to the use of force continuum, let me put the use of force continuum on the screen. Police officer use of force continuum. I want you all to see these levels. This is important. <clears throat> we'll go with the federal model. Ah, there we go. That's what I wanted to see. The federal model. <sighs> Sorry. And come on, sir. Come on. Come on. All right. No, I don't want to help. Get out the way. Get out the way. All right. I want you all to be able to see this. this you got to see some other stuff here. We'll come back to this. Stop sharing. I want you all to see this. Yes, I do have to do my own show and my own stuff. So that's why we have the, the delays in the screen and stuff like that. But if you'll indulge me, this will be an educational uh, live. Okay, here we go. This is use of force. Here you see, this is the, this is the use of force model developed by Dr. Franklin Graves, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center and Professor Gregory J. Connor, the University of Illinois PTI, okay? At the bottom, you've got subject action categories, officer response categories. For a compliant person, you typically have cooperative controls, right? For a person that's a passive resistant, contact controls, right? Then you've got an active resistant compliance te techniques, right? You may have some soft hand, you may have some arm bars, some blocks, strikes, certain things like that, because this person is trying to defeat the arrest. They're not trying to attack you. Then you've got assaultive bodily harm where you've got defensive tactics. It's typically at that stage where you've got your taser deployments, you've got your baton usage, things like that, whatever you have that's available that could be the air in the area to stop the great bodily harm because this person is not trying to defeat the arrest, they're actually trying to attack you. Then for serious bodily harm or death, which is assaultive, you've got deadly force, okay? This is a typical use of force model. If you go back and see, there are various use of force models that tend to vary throughout uh, uh, police training circles, okay? But that's the general theory of it. Please understand that there is a difference between police. You said you lost me as you expose your agenda. Whatever. All right, moving on. Here's this. <clears throat> you typically have a difference between civilian use of force and law enforcement use of force in that law enforcement is mandated, mandated, mandated in most cases 
to take a person into custody. Whereas civilians do not have a duty, even though you may have a desire to want to affect the citizen's arrest, you may have a desire to want to use force, you may need to use force. It's not like law enforcement where they are mandated in certain cases where they have to take a person into custody. And even though they may have to take a person into custody, there are things that you could do that could cause the officer's life to be saved in essence, cause the person's you know life to be extended. You don't necessarily have to take Patrick Loyola at this stage into custody. And I don't expect you to agree, right? You get your law and order types that expect rules to be followed. What expectations and realities are two different things. And so the question that I have here is at this moment right here, where was the exigency? I'm willing to be corrected. I'm willing to be corrected, right? If I am wrong, let me know. I am willing to be corrected. Where is the exigency? Let's go back and watch some of this body cam video because I want to, let's see if we missed something, okay? We're going to go back to here and we're going to watch it. Do you have a license? What? I'm, I'm stopping, stopping you. Do you, you have, have a license? license? Do, you do you have, have a driver's license? license? Do you speak English? Yes. Can, Can I see your license? license? Hey? What the plate doesn't belong in this car. Do you have a license or no? Do you have a driver's license? Where is that? Get it for me. The plate does not belong in this car. No, no, no. Stop, stop. Put your hands Now, what you just saw, well, back it up. Did it appear that he was trying to fight or did it appear that he was trying to run away? Did it appear as though he was trying to fight the officer or did it appear that he was trying to just run away? Let's be fair now. It's kind of hard to be fair when you're when you're jockeying for a position. resistance do you see this as is he trying to fight the officer or is he trying to defeat the arrest 
Obviously, he wasn't going to run far. Them pants, that sagging boys, hey, look, you can't pull them pants up fast enough. Them saggy pants is going to stop your ability to be able to run. I'm just telling you. <clears throat> All right. So he was trying to fight the arrest. He was trying to fight the arrest. Now, this right here is the radio. That's what was thrown. That's what he ended up throwing and didn't have a radio on him. Officers, if you are watching, you need to make sure your equipment is secure. What's the purpose of, come on now, make sure your equipment is secure. He seems like he's trying to defeat the arrest. Let's continue. <laughs> Put your hands behind your back. Nineteen fifty. He's got another radio. I gotta see. I want. I want to see what that was. Good, but man, yo, what's up, man? I'm watching those hands. I'm watching those hands. Stop. Okay. Stop resisting. No strikes are allowed. Nothing, bro. He's trying to give him knee strikes to his common peroneal, which is the outer part of your thigh. No strikes are allowed in police training by law. Oh, come on. Come on, get the key. I'm gonna do it too. All right, so he grabs the taser. Now, here we go. Let's back it up. And he misses. Now he's grabbing the taser. Does he look like he's trying to grab the taser to take it from the officer and use it against him? Or does it look like he's trying to grab the taser to deflect it from being used against him? Let me restate that question. I might have asked that question wrong. And I got you. I got you. We're going to get to that. Does it seem like he is trying to grab the taser from the officer to use the taser against the officer? Or does it seem like he's trying to deflect the taser and grab it at the same time to prevent the taser from being used against him? The man, Patrick Loyola, he's definitely trying to deflect it and defer the arrest. That officer should have stepped back and then used it. See, this is the problem where officer training fails the officer. They do not infuse enough stress early and often in training. This and moments like this is where it is officers being mis mistrained or not trained properly by departments. Wait till I show you this taser video that's coming up. Here we go. Now, Joker Red, you are 1,000% correct. 1,000% correct. 1,000% correct. There is an officer safety issue with the other suspect filming from the car. So let me give you a hypothetical. Let's just say the man filming from the car and Patrick Loyola both had firearms. Is it fair to say 
that the officer here, Officer Christopher Schur, would have been outgunned? Is that fair to say? So if you got two on one, what does it make sense to do? Does it make sense to call for backup? Does it make sense to call for backup? Now, you said you can't train your way out of this. They are trained to use deadly force as soon as it's convenient. Okay. Does it make sense to call for backup? Now, you said, does it matter that if he gets the taser in his possession, your life and remaining equipment could be compromised? Yes, it does. But, but, here is where that training also comes in. If you understand the X7, right, you understand that all I need to do is if he does get that taser, one, before he gets that taser, discharge it. Who cares if it hits? Discharge it because after both probes on the first cycle and both probes on the second cycle are discharged, now all you have is a stun gun where you need to know specifically where the button is to be able to use the stun portion and you still need close contact for it to be able to work. See, the problem is when you have people who want to treat the taser like it's an actual firearm, it is not a actual firearm. It has certain firearm components, but it's not like an actual firearm. You, you, you get what I'm saying, right? So come on. Come on. Let's continue. Because you get these officers, oh, man, I, just, I don't even see. Stop. Stop it, bro. Insofar as we have seen, has Patrick Loyola, except for the grabbing of the taser, has he committed any felonies? Correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Has he committed any felonies? Have we met the standard? Have we met the standard of Tennessee versus Gardner? I will put it back on the screen for those of you all who did not see it. Tennessee versus Gardner, 471 U.S. 1, 1985. Under the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, a police officer may use deadly force to prevent the escape of a fleeing suspect only if the officer has good faith to believe that the suspect poses a significant not just any threat, but a significant threat of death or serious physical injury to the officer or others. There were bystanders watching. They did not move away. So where is the significance of this threat? Thank you, Raymond. He should have just let him go, call for backup to canvas the area and search why search for him while he detained the other person and the vehicle and charge him later? But see, this is what happens when you have officers who try that tombstone courage. Tombstone courage. This is what happens when you have officers. And those of you who think Mike Brown has an agenda 
instructor Mike has an agenda because I'm black. I must automatically be with the Black Lives Matter movement. That's you thinking that. That is so not the case. I am not a Republican nor a Democrat. I am not conservative nor am I liberal. I'm independent. I look at the facts and circumstances that is before me and I make my assessment based upon those things. Sometimes I can take a conservative position. Sometimes I can take a liberal position. If I were on the Supreme Court as a justice, I would be known as a swing justice. So that means I might not even make it because <laughs> you got to be political, right? And so you have this thing where he is actively resisting. He is attempting to defeat the arrest. There is nothing on this body camera that I could see as to whether or not he is a trying to attack the officer and others. What I see is an officer who is winded and out of shape. I know that position very well. I too am winded and out of shape. So fat guy meets skinny guy. It ain't always about the size that you are. It's about the shape that you're in. And here you have an officer where he couldn't handle Patrick Loyola. He couldn't handle it. Those of you all who know me, you know that I have said, right, there is a difference when you have somebody who is in shape versus somebody who is out of shape. Somebody who is in shape, it takes them a little longer to get to muscle failure. It takes them a little longer to get to the point where they're operating out of the amygdala. They're able to still think. Here you have an officer who's out of shape and he's not able to think. So in his mind, the situation is way worse than what we actually see. What we actually see, the situation isn't that worse. Granted, he is definitely a candidate for arrest. He's a candidate for the taser. He's a candidate for the knee strikes. He's a candidate for the baton. He's a candidate for more officers to assist the officer being outnumbered in room, rushing them, and even taking the bystander into custody at least until we secure the scene. He's a candidate for all of those things. But is he a candidate for the use of deadly force? Deadly force. That's all that I'm saying. We're, stay tuned now. We're going to get to the probable cause hearing. That's why we started this live. But I want you to see the body camera before we get to the actual hearing. And you know what happened on the rest, okay? I'm trying to see. I'm just scrolling through to see if I see anything different, which I don't. This is just the aftermath. Yes, just the aftermath. Yeah, that's all it is, is the aftermath. That's the full body cam video, the aftermath. You all see me scrubbing. The body camera was on the ground. And so good thing you had an innocent bystander. I don't want to call him innocent, but he was a bystander to the situation, right? And you know what happened after that. All right, good. So I don't have to play that. Let me go on ahead and switch to the preliminary hearing so we can watch that. Take a moment, like the broadcast. Let's go on ahead and get to the actual uh, preliminary hearing.
All right, here we go. Yeah, that's my position, too. If he would have allowed him to get away, they definitely would have caught him because he's not a track star. He's not running fast. It's not like you're chasing after somebody who is alleged. You're not chasing after Jeffrey Dahmer. You're not chasing after. I'm going to read your comments, too. That's what I'm doing right now. You said the fact is that you can still have strike that. Uh, that fact is you can still have a suspect that could be armed on the loose. Here we go, Josh. I got a question to ask you. Josh, I got a question to ask you. Here we go. And I hope you don't mind being called Josh. If you want me to call you by your full government, I'm going to call you Joshua. You let me know, okay? Did we see whether or not he had a gun on him? He could have had one in his pockets. I will stipulate. I will stipulate, right? He could have had a gun. I don't want to say stipulate. I will agree. He could have had a gun on his pocket or in his pockets. But we saw his stomach. We saw his waistline. Where's the gun? Where's the gun? And here's another question, too. Should you ever get yourself to that point? I'm going to mute it. Right? Should you ever get yourself to that point where you are that winded to where you don't have control of your faculties. Troy, you do have a, there you go. Depending on the jurisdiction, trying to take an officer's taser is a felony. Yes, you are absolutely correct. But because it's a felony, let's get to the use of it, right? The use of it. What is the use of that taser and how much effect could it have on the officer? What are its strengths? What are its limitations, right? What is the use? It would be different if he got a hold of his gun. It would be totally different if we got a hold of his gun, but he did not get a hold of his gun. He only tried to grab and deflect the taser. Did you put yourself in the position to have that taser be grabbed? I'm, I'm just saying. Did you put yourself in the position to have that taser be grabbed? Because then that would mean that you were so engulfed in the situation, immersed in the situation, to the point where you weren't thinking and lost control. If you're losing control of yourself, how good or effective are you in taking custody of Mr. Loyola? If you're that winded, when he tries to comply, if he's going to try to comply, 
You don't have enough strength. Does it? Do y'all get what I'm saying? That's that's all I'm saying. And my thing is, where is the exigency? And I've had people do this exact thing. <laughs> Come on, y'all know I used to be a police officer. I've had people. I've carried and used the taser in the field. I've never gotten that close to the point where the person was able to grab my taser. It makes no sense to do that. So did you have to? Right? I, I've had people fight against me. I've had people run. Did you have to? Was it that serious? Talk about that, Dominique. Yes, I do. Robert McFarlane, I'm a forensic video analyst. Uh, someone who studies uh, video for comparison, evaluation, and or examination in criminal or legal matters. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yes, so I'm a retired police officer from Oakland, California. Um, while I was a police officer, I served uh, in the capacity of a patrol officer, uh, undercover narcotics officer, uh, beat health uh, sort of civil investigations. Uh, from there, uh, I became a private investigator. I've been doing. You know, I might have started off too soon. I think there's another video that precedes this. Uh, you know what? Keep going. That for a number of years, uh, for about 10 years before I started doing video analysis. Video analysis is something I've been doing as a uh, sole practitioner since about 2018. Video up. 
So I was provided some video uh, that was provided to you in discovery. It was a dash cam video from nice. Officer George's patrol car, his body worn camera video, and as well. Yeah, I gotta change it. All right, that's what we should be watching right there. I knew something was missing. All right, yeah, I changed it mid. We were watching the wrong one. That's next. That's coming up next. All right, what the judge does. Please rise for the session. There we go. There we go. All right. Sorry, guys. I knew something was up. That didn't look right. All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'll call the case in just a minute. We've got one case on the docket. Day, uh, people watching it, but if you all want to so, go on ahead and still, if you all want to still continue to watch it, press type number one in the comments and that'll let me know you still value this content because I know some people are not going to watch it. Got other things to do. It will be on my podcast on the mic with Mike. It will be on there too. So if you miss it, you can catch it then too. Until there's a break, we need to recess or change the way. I want the
is just a check to ensure that there is probable cause to justify the case for any further court. If the court finds that there is probable cause that a crime was committed and that the defendant was committed, then the case will go to the circuit court for further proceedings up to and including a jury trial. The issue here is not whether the defendant committed a crime beyond a reasonable doubt. It is a far lower standard. It is a lower standard than even more likely than not. The proceeding itself will look a lot like a trial. The people will call witnesses. They'll attend the witnesses. The defense will have the opportunity to cross-examine those witnesses. And vice versa. When all of that is completed, then the parties will make three arguments. The court will listen. And the court will make a decision. Either that there is probable cause and the defense should be found over, or the bad charge, or a lesser charge, or the court will find that there's no probable cause for this case to be dismissed. I hope that gives you a little bit of an overview so you understand where we are, what we're doing, and makes your observation and access to the proceedings a little bit more meaningful. All right, with that, I will call the case 22-FY-0827. I got you, Josh. Give me one minute. And if we have all appearances, Chris Becker for the people. Good morning, Your Honor. Matt Barbula, Kayla Hamilton, and Josh Dodge on behalf of Chris Scherz. We'll be seated to the left of Ms. Hamilton. Good morning to all. All right. Before we call the witnesses, does anybody need to address counsel? I don't believe so. We're pretty much in agreement on most things, Your Honor. We concur, Your Honor. Then we should have a return for an overview. I guess before we witness them, Your Honor, we do have one that both parties are stipulated with. Dr. Cole is unable to be here, so we have a transcript. On Tuesday, October 11th, we took his deposition in this matter. He's the medical examiner. So we have a complete transcript for the court to review. Part of that is we have the people's exhibits 1, 2, and 3, which are photos from the autopsy. There's also a defense exhibit A, which is another photo from the autopsy. Both parties stipulate to the use of the court using that in place of Dr. Cole's testimony. According to the chase of the manner of death was a homicide. This is opinion. It was a single gunshot wound to the head was the cause. And then finally, I think for the purposes of the prelim, there's a .29 blood alcohol level for Patrick when the autopsy was performed. I think that covers the main points that we want to cover. Thank you. Thank you. We agree with that. Summary on it, we just had that vitreous alcohol level. The wound in the eye was .23. So, good. All right. Nicholas Kalani. They really should work on their microphones. This is horrible. 
and it would state and spell the form of the rest. Sergeant Nicholas, Claudia Woman, spell my first name, please. And I see identify yourself as a sergeant. Man, this sucks. Their mics are horrible. Take you back to April 2022. I just want to see if that was them or me. I don't know that, Jeremy. Could you tell the judge exactly how you became, you said, the traffic stop in the plan? What drew your attention that it wasn't? Uh, the officer uh, uh, communicated that he was in a pursuit with the subject. Did you respond at that point in time and start going towards his direction, or what did you do? Uh, did that ever escalate, if you will, or cause greater concern? Yes. Could you tell how that happened? Uh, you can help hear the tone of the voice of our officer that I had escalated, and then he also communicated that um, the subject was fighting with him. Uh, did you, I mean, when you initially went, did you, were you going lights and sirens uh, and then switch or? Initial lights and sirens. Initial lights and sirens. Practically, how long did it take to get to the air? Uh, minute wise, I'm not sure. It took a while. Um, describe the scene now when you arrived here of uh, Nelson Briggs. Uh, when I arrived, uh, I could see a officer shirt's patrol vehicle positioned behind the suspect vehicle. Um, two female other officers had arrived before me. Uh, they were addressing the unknown uh, suspect vehicle at the time. Then I also had uh, the other suspect in the yard between two officers. You know, to the judge, uh, yeah, what kind of day was this? It was morning. I don't remember the exact time. In the morning, though, before lunch time. Yes. Um, what did you do when you when you got there? Uh, basically, I did KC. Well, first, we did is we had to check our unknowns, which was the vehicle that was stopped, if anybody else was in there or anything else. Uh, once that was clear, we were going to go under eight. Good subject to the the subject in the yard, when did you become first aware of a subject in the yard? In the actual location of my life, where I was, where I can see. What did you see? What did you see of the subject in the yard? Uh, I saw a subject between two houses laying on, face down, uh, on the ground, which was underneath the body. Did you see Officer Sher when you were writing this? I did. What happened with them? Uh, upon contact with them, I could see they were stressed out and were physically tired. And I'm excited to be best for him to fall back to my police vehicle. How did you, did you communicate with him? I did. Well, how did that go? I just asked him to uh, replace his firearm and to the holster and go away from my car. Uh, for purposes of preliminary, it's my understanding the defense will stipulate the identification of the defendant. That's, right. That's fair enough, Jim. Did he make any comments to you or say anything to you when you personally contact to him and call them back to your, to your position? Uh, not really. Not that I did you? Where did you go with him after he came back to your position? He went back to my, my car, so I was not there. Then what did you do after he went back to your car? Uh, at that time, another supervisor showed up. 
um, this car, the, the car that he had stopped, you call car car was? Any description of it? I just remember that it's a stand. So did not accept. Did you do anything in terms of the search of that vehicle? I did not. Did you, you said, talk about, did you render aid to the individual who was lying on the ground? I did not. My hands on I did walk up to the body at the time, but I did not. This is going to be rendered aid. Any signs of life or anything like that uh, came upon the body? Not that I noticed. One more we are? I know you're pretty good. Thank you, Doc. Good morning, Officer Plotty. Good morning, sir. You're not the first one on the scene. And you uh, responded when you heard a call from one of your fellow officers. Correct. Uh, you testified that. Officer Scherer called out that he was in a foot pursuit. Okay. And on your way over, he also called out that uh, somebody asked, does he have any weapons, meaning the person he was pursuing, right? And the response was, he has my taser. Okay. So you're approaching this scene with caution, right? Because you think there might be a suspect that has a weapon. So the taser is a weapon, right? So you were approaching it as if he was armed and dangerous. And there were other officers that were approaching at the same time. And there were other officers that were already there when you got there. And everybody was approaching the situation with extreme caution, right? Uh, they have uh, their weapons drawn or their access to the weapons readily available, correct? And they're clearing the scene because <clears throat> they're, they're making sure that the officers are safe. And they were Residents milling about, right? Correct. And you want to make sure that everybody in the area is safe, right? Yes. So everybody's approaching the scene uh, with extreme caution. Is that fair, sir? Yes. Uh, now, by the time you got there, I think you said there were a couple officers uh, already on the scene. So is, is two about right, or do you think maybe one more? Three. Do you remember who they were? Pumpkin Apple. <laughs> And so, <clears throat> do you recall, I think you said that they were addressing whether there was another person in the car. Yeah, right. What did you mean by addressing? Uh, we were calling out the car. We were in there. Okay. Again, the concern is that there could be someone that's uh, potentially going to harm either yes. the officers or bystanders. That's right. Right. <clears throat> so, you're approaching this. <clears throat> me, right? uh, the situation that's uh, armed and dangerous because he, this person you suspect has a taser, and it's the officer's taser. So, because you've been tased before, right? Okay. Uh, how did it feel when you got tased? Shit hurt. Okay, were you incapacitated? Okay. I loved it though. Have you ever it, been drive stunned before? Yes. What does it mean to be drive stunned? Uh, you basically take the taser uh, away from the, the wires and you hold contact to the body. So there's, <clears throat> there's the electrodes that come out. That's a cartridge, right? Yes. And then there's the drive stun, 
which if you put it up against somebody, it will inflict some. Okay. Uh, now, when you were drive stunned, did you feel incapacitated? Back in the neck. All right, so you at some point approached uh, who you later learned was Mr. Leo, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and when you approached him, he was still face down. Uh, did you or another officer roll him over? Do you recall who that was? I believe it was Sergeant Tip Johnston. Okay. As he was rolled over, did you see a taser? I did. Was it in the position of where his hands were? Did anybody move the taser or put the taser there? So you have no doubt that that taser was in the area of Mr. Leo's hands when he was rolled over. You indicated that Officer Sure was physically tired. Yes, sir. Uh, would you say he's exhausted at that point? Yes. Okay, and you arrived, you said, some time after uh, Mr. Leo had been shot, right? Uh, can you estimate how many minutes it took for you to actually engage with Officer Sure from the time uh, he was shot? Uh, with morning traffic, I would say it was three, three, six to eight minutes, maybe. So six to eight minutes Hi, after the shooting, Officer Sure was still physically exhausted. Nothing further. All right, so this is going to be long. I have some concern about that, but it just fell, it slid down, and I, I'm playing a game of Jenga here, and I don't know how to this for a minute. So I'm going to react to one comment. Phyllis Henderson says, 
I don't think unless any of us have gone through police training and have been put in the situations police deal with, none of us can have an informed opinion any, either way. That's why they don't follow you. They follow me. And guess what? Not only have I been in a situation just like this multiple times, right? I didn't shoot somebody in the back of the freaking head. Why? Because I had the ability to be able to overpower them and take them into custody. So what you're looking at is someone who does have the experience, someone who does train people in this. And I'm saying you can't create the jeopardy. Then from that creation of that jeopardy, then say you got a reason to shoot him in the back of the head. There were plenty of things you could have continuously done, including knowing that your backup is a ways away and waiting for backup. This situation was not that exigent or emergent where you just had to take him into custody right then and there. It was not that striking to the ego. Yes. Shocking to the conscience. Maybe not that emergent. Cut it. Now, there are situations where I clearly said that the officer was right. This isn't one of them. Nice try. Let's continue. So when you woke up in the morning, what did you do? Uh, we, have to, we have to take a lot of our friends home. You had to take all your friends home? One of my friends was gay, one of them. Who was that friend? His name is Mark. Okay. And how did you take that friend home? How? How? Uh, with uh, Patrick Carr. With Patrick Carr. Patrick what? With Patrick Carr. Car. Patrick's car? Yes, sir. So he, Patrick drove? Yes. Drove the three of you? Yes. And so did you drop off that friend at his house? Yes, we did. After you drop off the friend at his house, where did you go? Uh, we stopped. We stopped by Patrick's friend, a new place he just moved in. Who was outside, just talking about the place. So you're supposed to move in a new place. You're just kind of showing off his new place. Yes, he already already been moved in. It's just my first time seeing it. So after you see his new place, what did the two of you do? We just took off. We took off. Took off? Yes. Where did you go? Uh, don't remember exactly where it was going. We just took off before. So you're, you're essentially just driving around? No, not driving around. I just don't remember where it was going. But in, in terms of you put your back in the car, at least you're driving. Who? After you left after you left Patrick's place, are you driving in the car with Patrick? Yeah, I was in the car with Patrick. And as you're driving with Patrick, did, with Patrick, did you stop again? Yes, we did. Why? Uh, we had to get some something to drink. So where did you stop? Where did you stop to get something to drink? I don't remember because that area I don't go to a lot. I just don't remember. By Walgreens, something like that. By where? Walgreens. By Walgreens, okay. Did you, did you actually get something to drink? Yeah, we did. What did you get to drink? Uh, Budweiser. Budweiser? Yes, sir. <clears throat> now it. At this point in time, is this in the morning? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was in the morning. 
Why are you getting a Budweiser in the morning? Um, don't remember why. We just we just grabbed them. So after you get the Budweiser, do you get back in the car? Yes, sir. And you start driving again. Mm -hmm. You have to answer yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sorry. That's okay. So as you're driving again, uh, do, you, do you do you stop after that? The uh, where the car was making noise. What kind of noise? It was something in the back. It was like real bad. Um, so he turned right somewhere and then he, he parked the car. He's he about to go check what kind of noise the car was making. So you think you're having car trouble and so he stops the car. Does, does Patrick say anything? Yeah, he did. He said, why my car? Because I can hear it was very loud. So I can hear that why is my car is making noise. Does he say he's going to stop and check it? Yeah. Yes, sir. So describe what happens when he stops. What, what happens? <clears throat> so I was on the phone. I don't know exactly what I was doing, but I can hear the noise. So he used the F word, and they say he want to go check his car. So once he get out the car, I didn't know. That's when I saw police. I didn't just see police, but I saw That's when I saw police officer and both of them going back and forth. So describe that for the judge. You're on your phone. When do you first notice there's a police officer there? Once it, after um, he gets out of the car? Yeah, because I didn't know. Yeah, I, once he gets out of the car. Yeah. Where do you see this police officer? He just uh, on his uh, drive side. Like, he was going back for a project. So you see the police officer on the driver's side. Can you tell what's going on between Patrick and the police officer? Uh, they were just because I was on the other side as a passenger. I, was, I could record a conversation that was happening because I knew they was going back and forth. So what happens after they go back and forth? Um, Patrick, they was going back and forth and then around the car, they went by the house. So I saw something was going on. It was very serious. What do you mean they went by the house? Can you describe for the yeah. job what you saw? Okay. Um. That's when they started going back and forth and found the car, and then they went by the house and they side by the house. So at first I was just sitting in the car. Okay. So when I see him, him in the office, I started wrestling. I know something was wrong. So that's when I took out. I get out the car and then. Took my phone, took my phone, and then started calling. I want to make sure that I understood you said you saw the officer after wrestling. Yeah, they were, yeah, they was going back and forth. Yes, sir. And they were wrestling over by the house in front of the house. Yes, front of So why did you why did you get out of the car? Uh, I'll get you to your shanty. It's a little bit different. So it could happen. It could happen. I get out the car and then I took out my phone. What did you do with your phone? I recorded the video you guys saw. I don't know if you saw you guys saw. Okay, so you start recording what's going on between Patrick and the officer? They're still going back and forth. So they're still going back and forth when you start recording? Yes, sir. Okay, well, I'm going to replay at this point in time. Here we've got Marker Exhibit 4, which is uh, actually a flash drive with uh, a number of different videos on that. I believe we've got the stipulated exhibit 4. 
That's right there. Oh, okay. So then they make sure the passenger video. position see I'm gonna tell you something I'm gonna pause it I'm gonna pause it real quick we'll watch in a minute y'all seen this part already I'm gonna pause this never let yourself get the big head when it come out of people complimenting you liking you subscribing to you following you support your business whatever the case may be because the same pedestal they're willing to put you on will be the same grave they're willing to put you in if you let them. That's why you must always stay grounded. Let's continue. Sorry, YouTube. It's a trial, can It's the second time that happened. This wasn't even that serious. I'm sorry. I just. This was not even that serious. Why are you saying that? That's true, Jim. You're right. All that tells you what's going on. And then I remember, like, in your foot, that it's at the office. 
I'm sorry, I didn't understand you there. I remember, like Patrick saying, that, like he said, okay, okay. So that's what I just remember, okay, okay. Do you remember Patrick saying, okay, okay? Yeah. Do you remember Patrick saying anything else? No, I don't, I'm done recording. What? What was going through your mind as you're recording this? Why are you, why are you yelling out what you're saying as you're hearing the video? Because, again, uh, I knew something was wrong. After the video stops, after the shot is fired, what do you do? Well, the officer said, move back. So I did move back. So you moved away and stepped back? Mm -hmm. Did you go back to your car? No, I did not. What did um, you do? They came and grabbed me, put me a handgun. Who, who came and grabbed you? It was officer. The, the police, after more police officers showed up? Yes, sir. Not the original officer on the scene. Yes. Not the officer that was involved with that. I remember it was, if it was him, I don't remember. But just other officers came and, and, and put your papers. Yes, sir. You're talking about your, yeah, you were drinking Budweiser. Were you drinking before you and Patrick left? No, I was, but Patrick was sleeping. And you drank early that night then before? Yeah, the yes, yes. Do you know how much you had to drink? Oh, no, I don't know because it's just friends sitting down. So I, I, I won't keep in that time, so I'm going to drink. Jed, he did use words. He definitely used his words. I mean, I'll tell you what I, what I think should have been, you know. I mean, he was doing everything right except the gun part. Everything he was doing was right except the gun part. He was just get his ass whooped. That's what it was. It was get his ass whooped, but he didn't want to lose. And he wasn't getting. So you said that you have been friends with. He wasn't getting his ass whooped like getting his ass whooped. He was just the fight and the struggle was whooping his ass, and he just didn't want to lose. So he pulled out his gun and ended it. That's what it was. Did you know his last name before this? Yeah, that's yeah, jujitsu hugging. We can't even call him jujitsu hugging. He was struggling. He was winning. Let's get his ass. Here we go. This is something too. Skinny guy not being prepared for a big guy. Big guy not being prepared for a skinny guy. The outcome is still the same. Patrick Loyola was a little bit bigger than Skinny Christopher Sure. Skinny Christopher Sure was working him. Not fighting, working him, but working him. And he was winded, and he didn't want to lose. The taser got out of control. He was all over the place and just shot him. That's what happened. Interesting. I just, I just caught him, Patrick. Uh, you were texting occasionally? What you said? You would use your phone to communicate with No, you? I just already remember. I just I had my phone in my hand. I don't remember exactly what I was doing. I meant in general, not just that day. Mm -hmm. but have you ever texted
What's your name? Particle. I don't ask extra name. Sorry, on the morning question, you testified uh, that you were drinking, right? Yes. And Patrick was drinking? In the morning? Yes. Who we wake him up? He was sleeping. In the morning, right before the incident, mm -hmm. right before you were filming, Patrick was drinking, right? Because the 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 beers were so full, so I remember he was drinking. Them. You don't remember if he was drinking or not? Yes, I do remember him drinking, but we had Budweiser. Yeah, Budweiser. Yes. Did you drink Budweiser? Oh. You were. I don't remember. It's just too much for me. Now you you've known him a couple years. You know him like that. You drink together. Yeah, we hang out together, not just drinking. We hang out. Went to his birthday and everything. You went to his birthday party? Yeah. Okay, remember, I think his girlfriend and his brother came. How long did you drink with him? I don't want to use drink with him. We just, some, he might give me right to work if I don't have a car. I don't drink. Before work, so I don't I want to use what we drink. Every time we drink, we have to drink. We hang up. All right, so on the morning in question, April 4th, that's the day that you took the phone. Yes. Uh, I want to back up to the night before, April 3rd. Were you with Patrick on April 3rd? Yeah, because he was at the high. I remember he came, they being God, they went to sleep. So I don't, I, I don't know how to answer that exactly if I was with him all day or something. Were you with him at any point in April 3rd? Yes. Okay. You said you woke him up on April 4th? No, not me, somebody else did. Who woke him up on April 4th? I don't know. You don't remember? Yeah. Where was he when he was awakened? At a friend's house. Who's friend? David. I'm sorry. David. David? Yes. What's David about? The cool. You saw that one, James? D-U-K-U-R-E. I swear to that. So the night before, April 3rd, were you in Patrick's presence? Yeah, we was hanging out together. Did you hang out at David's house? Yes. And you were drinking? I was. You were drinking? I was. You were drinking? How about Patrick? Was Patrick drinking? Yeah, we hanged out, but he went to sleep. Of course, before he went to sleep, I thought, yeah, he was drinking that. I think. But he went to sleep, but I remember everybody was going to drink. So, he wasn't drinking while he was sleeping, right? That's not possible. Drinking is sleep. <laughs> was he drinking before he was sleeping? Yeah, I think so. He was drinking a lot, right? I, I wasn't. I'm not as calm as you can't how much he was drinking. He was drinking, I wasn't? I think he liked my wife. He liked my wife? Yeah. Yes. He liked my wife too? Yeah, sometimes. Is this the prosecution's yeah. witness? He's asking about how many times he. Well, yeah, thank you. Okay. I thought you were my friend, though. 
Take his baby. Oh, he take his child? Yeah. Did he take his child to work? No, not to work. When we drop him off, he said gotta take the, drop him off at home so he can take his baby to to school or something. I don't know. Alright, so I thought you testified that you, the reason you were in a car mm -hmm. driving around, at least in part, was to take Mark to work. Is that not right? No, we had to drop him off at his house. And then, where, and where does Mark live? Madison, somewhere from there. Was Mark present the night before? Yeah, he was with us. Was Mark drinking? I don't remember because I, I, I don't remember. You don't remember because you were so drunk? No, I just don't keep accounting who's drinking or not. It's not my job. Who else was present on April 3rd at the house? Um, ben, David, Matendo. I'm sorry, what was the last one? Matendo. Do. Anybody else? <coughs> I think that was it. Uh, so it was all men? Yes. Okay. Was there Music and I was just still up, still. I didn't sleep at all. So you went all night long. Yeah. And you were drinking all night long. No, it's just some grab a beer, put it down, talk to a friend. Just. So Patrick, you said he he was drinking and then he went to sleep. It's not like he went to bed, right? He passed out. No. He went to sleep on the couch because he had a blanket on. He did not pass out. Did he have his clothes on stuff? Hey, Charlie. So he was sleeping on the couch with clothes, right? Yes, sir. And somebody threw a blanket on. I think he asked for it. Did you drive around at all uh, before you and Patrick got into Patrick's car? No. 
So the first, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. You're up all night, right? And you're not really keeping track of what time it is. Is that fair? Yes. Did you and Patrick go for any rides before 8 a.m.? No. No. I didn't go driving all around town after seven o'clock for about an hour. Like I said, I dirt, man. When you got in the car, <clears throat> had you ever been in that car before? I have. Remember the condition of the car when you got in? Before or that morning? That morning. Yeah, the car, it was just making, it was just making noise. Okay. That's the engine. I'm talking about the interior. Was it a mess? The interior. Do you know what I mean by interior? Inside the car and outside the car. Mm -hmm. When you sit in the car, you're on the inside. Yes. Let me stand up. When we got in the car, it was full of papers, right? On the floor. There is a mess. You don't remember. You don't remember Social Security there just sort of laying around? No, sir. Remember? IDs of people other than Patrick Mignola just sitting there? No, sir. I think I said some Andrew or something. Andrew. So that whole? Yeah. So. Who's John Say Bakuma? Say that again, please. You know a person by the name of John C. Bakuma? J E A N C Y. Last name, he is a boy, O K U M A. John Say, yeah. Uh, now I remember who I used to see him around too, but before, uh, but yes. But that's not Patrick, right? John C. Pahuma is a different person than Patrick, right? Yes. But Patrick has John C. Pahuma's ID in that class, right? I don't know what's his person stuff. I don't know what to do for person stuff. Yeah, deposition is rather long. It's got a severe language barrier. I just don't remember always. Yeah, I don't remember. Remember seeing bridge cards in the car? Bridge. You know what a bridge card is? No, I don't remember, sir. I don't know what it is. <clears throat> you know what benefits are that the government can give people? Now, this could be rather long. This could be rather long. So I can read to you all the uh, the ending of this, or we can still stay live. It doesn't matter. It's up to you. No. So Patrick didn't offer to sell you one of those? Uh, they, they, they do. You just don't see. <laughs> you just don't have the patience for a trial, which is why you're probably a cop and not a lawyer. 
Cops can be some of the most impatient folks. You just want that right now, that instant gratification. Trials aren't like that. You didn't drive anywhere with Patrick before 7 or 8 in the morning. Is that fair? No, you're good, Jeremy. April, you talking about before accidents happen? Before the incident happened, yeah. Like I said, we have to drop a friend up. Um, we have to take his baby to to, uh, to school, something like that. You recall when you dropped the friend up? No, the son was out at the time. In relation to the time you took the baby up, how much time did it last? From the time you dropped off the friend, about 10 minutes. Nine. Before you dropped off, I, I want to restep, uh, retrace your steps. So. When you got in the car with Patrick, did you have this friend in the car as well? What you said, please? About 7 in the morning. It's your testimony. You went directly from Davis' house with Patrick, got in Patrick's car, and you had a passenger, another passenger in the car. Yeah, it was three of us. And then you, did you go directly to that person's house? Yes, sir. And who, what is that person's name again? Mark. Mark. So you've been up all night, you get in the car.
Do you actually remember talking to him? I think I did, yeah. All right, and then you received a text from MT shortly after that, right? And you received a text, bro, y'all coming back. I'm trying to get to work. Remember that? No, I remember seeing that text. And you received a text. I just, I received the text, but I remember me looking at the text. Remember looking at the text? No, I don't remember. Is there any reason to doubt that you received the text at 7.53 a.m. on April 4th? I said, bro, y'all coming back. I know. You're fine. Any doubt, you said? Is there any reason to doubt that you're... That's fine, oh, Charlie. You I got a feeling this is going to be long. On April 4th at 7.53 a.m., that said, bro, y'all coming back. I'm trying to get to work. You still remember sitting at that time. Recall calling Matendu after that at 7.54, talking for about one minute and two seconds. Yes, I'm, I think we spoke <clears throat> exactly, and then it's been a, it's been a while, so I'll just it's not taking my head. No. Who is Ali J? That's Dave. That's Dave. You recall getting phone calls from David around three in the morning on April 4th. Yes, sir. So it would be unusual for you to get a phone call and hang out with David, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Do you have any explanation why your phone shows that you're getting calls from him at three in the morning? No, sir. And the GPS shows that you're not at David's apartment? The GPS? Your phone shows that you're not at David's apartment. I don't, um, I don't remember him calling me, so I don't want to say anything about Who is Pimp? That's Patrick. That's Patrick. That's fine. I'm good. So you call Pimp on your phone, at right? You just said naked man. Come on, pimp. Come on, pimp. That's just a big man. You call them on April 3rd at 10.55 p.m. Is that right? No, I You don't remember? Yes, sir. But you were hanging out with him in the same apartment, right? Yes, sir. So you wouldn't call him on the phone? No, if we to get out, why would I put him? Did you call him after switch phone numbers? Um, no, sir. Whoa! Lord. You testified that. 
Patrick said something about his car not working. Making noise. It was making noise. Yes, sir. So he got out to check it out. Hey, Christy. What's going on? You didn't have any other Christy, Christy. There was a police officer by. No, this is sweeping my phone around. That's why. Happy for you, Christy. That's why I put it aside. What do you think your chances are for tomorrow? It's going to be important to watch. That's when I saw the police. I didn't even see the police. Shouts out to Christy and the Heller Foundation. Yes, sir. And it's your testimony that he stopped the car, not because it was a police Oh, really? Officer, okay. Because the car was making noise. Okay. And at some point, you know, it was a police officer. Y'all get big wins tomorrow. I won't pay attention. Wouldn't that be something? New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin and a new governor, a win for New York, right? That would be amazing. I hope you guys get I it just too. Remember him getting in the car and get out the car. I already know what we get in Illinois, so. Uh, yeah, you didn't get it. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to say swear word court. You're not supposed to talk. Yes. When he jumped out of the car. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> do you recall Patrick talking to the officer? Outside the car, right? Yes, yes. And you recall seeing the officer approach? Yeah, when, once he opened the door, because again, I was just, I don't know exactly what happened with my family. So when he said the air for was on with my car, when he get out, that's when I see them go back. I didn't see the police officer. So the officer asked if you had I don't remember what they were talking about outside because I was in the passion just six there. At some point, Patrick opened the door back up after he had already exited the car, right? Yes, I remember that. He told you to give his license, right? Yeah, give my ID, he said. Okay, did you give his ID? I could I checked, I could You looked in the glove box? Yes. There's nothing in there, was there? Yeah, I couldn't find his ID. Did he ask you to look at the box? Um, I was just, I don't remember if he asked me just, I remember him saying, uh, check, check out the game, game ID. I remember exactly what he said. I remember looking for it. I remember the part. Did you tell him that I can't find your ID? Yes. And then he closed the door. Uh, do I remember it. But I remember me telling him I couldn't find Did you observe the, I think you said, wrestling between Patrick and the officer? They were just going back and forth. And before that, they were talking. Yes. But after Patrick closed the door, you saw Patrick run. I don't remember him closing the door. It just, I remember they was going back and forth. They went, they went in front of the house. That's when I knew something was wrong. So that's when I decided to take them off, uh, get out the car and they started going. Okay, you got your phone out. All right. And that was after Patrick and the officer were wrestling on the side of the car, right? 
Mm -hmm. Yes. In front of the house. And then they went around to the front of the house, right? When you got out, they weren't worse. They were just the words. I remember I don't. I didn't hear what they were talking about again. And they saw the drivers away when he was out. So when they went and found the house, that's when I saw it start again, like a physical. So that's when I started recording. All right, well, let's talk about it a little bit, because you're, you're saying that you don't remember what happened on the side of the car. No, I do, but I didn't, I didn't hear the words they were talking about inside, outside the car, because I was in the passenger seat. You saw Patrick run around the, the, the car? Yes, him and the officer. Before that, you saw the muscle, right? No, they were not. They, they had a conversation first, back words back and forward. And then that's when I know once they, I saw them go out of the car, that's when I started recording when they just started getting physical. So they got around to the yard and the officer probably did quickly. Um, I was staying in the car when they started wrestling. I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you said. See, I was still in the car still when they they was in front of the house. Oh, were there windows on the car, right? Yes. So you can see through them? Yes. Could you see them through the windows as they wrestled on the yard? Yes. Okay. Did you see Patrick run around the back of the car? They both did. They both did? Mm -hmm. And you saw Patrick and the officer the physical confrontation before Patrick ran. Yeah, I have been words. I don't know what they were around there. But yeah, before they were showing back and forth. They didn't, yeah. At some point, you set out the car. Yes, sir. Right? And you decided to film with your camera, right? Yes, sir. Uh, there was a neighbor that came out, another gentleman. Right. It, uh, I didn't see nobody. I thought it was just. You didn't see anybody else there? No. And you said you heard. All right. After he after oh, he's done know. talking, yeah. I'm just gonna. <laughs> we are not listening to the whole trial. We're not. It's mm -hmm. too long. I'm sorry. I'd rather wait till we get to the actual trial to actually do this. You're gonna say stop over and over. Again. So. Yeah, because this this is, I can see why, I'm sorry, I, I can see why I'm losing people. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. This shit. Don't get me wrong. If I were actually sitting in the court, I would sit in the court. I really would. But, hold on a minute. Hello? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me call you back. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm streaming a trial. This number, I recognize, I thought it was one of my family members whose numbers I don't have saved. So, I'm going to call you right back, okay? All right. That's the reason why I answered the phone. The only reason. All right. So what I'm going to do is <laughs> I, it's a long story. Don't ask. All right. So I'm going to put on here what the judge said. And it's going to it's going to be a synopsis of that. And I don't think. Let's see if I could get to it. Long and short of it, former Grand Rapids police officer Christopher Sher will stand trial for second degree murder for the fatal shooting of Patrick Loyola. In April, a shooting that sparked a national controversy, Judge Nicholas Ayub in Kent County 61st District Court ruled, uh, issued a ruling on Monday morning. Okay, and that's what I was actually trying to find. 
I'm trying to find the ruling. I... Yeah, because that was long. Jesus Christ, that was long. No, no, no. Okay, I can't find it. All right, so without taking up too much of your time, we're going to stream the trial. We're definitely going to stream the trial. But this, oh, my goodness. And I would imagine that the trial is going to be a lot of this because there's a language barrier. There is definitely a language barrier here. And I'm trying to find, when the trial happens, just be prepared because it's going to be long. All right, but let's get to it. Uh, so <clears throat> he issued a ruling uh, on Monday morning ordering that the charges against Schur to be bound over to trial following a two-day preliminary exam. <sighs> preliminary exams, and I've been in prelims. I've been in prelims plenty of times. The prelims do not last this long, even on a murder case. But... I mean, they are long, but not two days. And maybe it's my ignorance. Maybe there are two-day prelims. I just have not been in them, right? Okay, here we go. Ayub uh, announced the opinion inside of the Grand Rapids courtroom and issued a written ruling stressing that the court's authority in determining whether a case will go to trial is limited to determining whether there is lack of evidence that the crime was committed or that the defendant committed it. Quote, the court concludes that as a matter of law, probable cause has been presented to support the charge in the criminal complaint, Ayub said. Accordingly, it is the court's legal obligation to just bind the defendant over to the 17th Circuit Court to stand trial on that charge. Ruling on whether the prosecution had met the probable cause standard, Ayub said all of the elements of a second-degree murder charge uh, had been met, saying there was no dispute that Sher had killed the defendant and that he acted with malice. The only real dispute, the judge explained, was whether the officer's actions were justified under the law. But in that case, the prosecution had, had provided enough for that as well and that the remaining questions were best left to a jury. Quote, generally, the questions concerning the existence or the lack of necessity at resorting to deadly force in self-defense are for the jury to decide after considering all the circumstances under a theory called the totality of the circumstances, Ayub said. The judge spent much of the ruling explaining the role and limitations on the district court in the ruling on the charges. While the court operates as a prosecutor's check on power to bring charges, oops, sorry, it is a very limited check, Ayub said, noting that if the charges are legally sound, the court cannot stand in the way of the prosecutor, regardless of what the court may think. It's going to be an interesting trial. The probable cause threshold is a lower standard than guilty beyond a reasonable doubt standard required for a conviction at trial, Ayub said. As the judge concluded his remarks, he thanked the lawyers and those in the courtroom for their patience and courtesy as the process played out, acknowledging the emotional weight of the proceedings. All right, so long and short of it, trial's not going to happen until after next year, okay? 
but the case was bound over uh, for trial. So what do you think? What do you think? The rest of this just kind of background information and stuff like that. So you said you really like that mountain picture. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is right now. And I think that uh, I've already told you what I feel about it. But what does it matter? It's just I'm just one person with an opinion. Right. So we have to wait until the uh, the court case, because maybe there are some other facts I may not be privy to. And that could change the decision or my opinion or whatever it's worth. Right. But I just see a person who was heavily winded and who decided to use deadly force when he was not winning. And I tell people this all the time in closing. I tell people this, that you have to recognize, you don't have to like or agree or disagree, but you do have to recognize that police officers represent a sovereign, sovereign state, city, county, what have you, federal government. And by law, they cannot lose. Even if this person, officer, a former officer, sure, gets convicted and goes to prison, or is acquitted of the charges. The fact that the situation happened, the state really doesn't have a problem with it by matter of enforcement of the fact that you should not resist against the police because things can happen, whether they're justified or not. And I tell people this all the time. What if Patrick Loyola <clears throat> would have just submitted to the authority of the police officer and just worked it out in court. Would we be here? Not in this case, we wouldn't, likely. But he chose to run. He chose to fight the officer in terms of deflecting, defeating the arrest. So we got to have both sides of that conversation. Am I an advocate for his resistance? No. Not at all. But am I an advocate for this kind of misuse of force? No. Not at all. Okay? So, that's where we are. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, you can catch the replay of this, right, again on YouTube and on the podcast on the mic with Mike. On the mic with Mike. Okay? We've already gone two hours into it. Oh, that would have been a long, long, long trial. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll see you all later. <laughs> you all have a great day. Here we go. What's going on, you? This is Instructor Mike. You can follow me on Facebook at Mike Brown or Instructor Mike. Follow it me on could YouTube. be you as a citizen and you walked up and you see somebody. Look heavy. They don't know. Create special. That must be. But it's good to know that this can handle the high pressure rounds of the flooding. Make eye contact with me. He's still trying to get it open a couple of times. Show champ.